0: hello hello everyone welcome back to what what is this called i'm kidding (laughs) money awakenings i am your host dj fresh on the microphone again these are jokes my name is larry morrison i am the financial shaman and what we do on this podcast is we break down money beliefs or belief systems rather doesn't necessarily have to be about money, but usually that's what it is. But we break down belief systems that may be hindering the flow of abundance or the flow of unconditional love in our lives. And why does unconditional love come up so much when I talk? Um, one of my clients actually put it best, and I'm totally stealing it, which is once we start to let go. Of the need for more money or letting go of this ridiculous chase for money, what tends to happen is we make rooms for self-love. Right? The more and more I work on letting go of, helping people let go of their traumas of, around money or, or about life in general and letting go of their belief systems, these core beliefs that I don't deserve money, I don't deserve love, I don't deserve what I want. I'm not good enough for it. When we start to let all this stuff go, what tends to happen is we make space for self-love. And the more we love ourselves, the more money just kind of tends to show up in our experience. And not just money, all the forms of abundance, ideas, synchronicities, opportunities, gifts, everything, just tends to show up in massive Well, abundance, because we start to love on ourselves and the universe starts to reflect back to us. The mere reality starts to reflect back to us that love we have for ourselves. When we talk to people who are extremely, uh, I was going to say broke, but maybe downtrodden is a better word. When we talk to those people, and I have many times, and I've been there, it's always a lack of self-love, a ton of self-loathing, a ton of unworthiness, not good enough stuff, a ton of beating yourselves up, mountains of shame that go along with it. But mainly there's this idea, you know, especially people who are homeless, that they believe they deserve to be there. And so if you believe that you deserve the worst of the worst, then that's what the universe is going to reflect back to you. So as we start to remove and clear out this junk that we've picked up along our lifetime from well-meaning adults and parents and society, you know, let's just look at debt, for example. So many people are ashamed of their debt. It's absolutely absurd. I heard Susie Orman say this one time, and I don't, uh, endorse her, actually disagree with tons of what she has to say. And that's totally fine. We have different perceptions, which we're going to talk about. But um, what uh, what it is is... What it is is? Is is twice. That's always funny when that happens. Okay. What, what it is is when we... <laughs> We are ashamed of our debt. This is what Susie Orman said one time and that she was giving a seminar early in her early days and she had a room full of people and she was ta- and she asked, you know, raise your hand if you have investments, raise your hand if you have 401ks, raise your hands if you have debt and no one raised their hands. In a room full of people, no one raised their hand because all of them were ashamed of it. They were ashamed of their debt. And this is the problem. This is what society has indoctrinated, our society has indoctrinated into us, that debt is a bad thing. And if you're ashamed of any part of of your life, especially your financial life, that will restrict the flow of abundance. Because you have to always have something to be ashamed of, don't you? Because you've picked that up. As your dominant vibration. You have belief systems that are causing you to feel that shame, right? There's never an emotion in a vacuum. These emotions of shame are pointing you to belief systems that you have about a subject, in this case, debt, that says debt is bad, it's evil, I have to get rid of it, um, <clears throat> I can't be free with it, on and on and on. And that's what's bringing up the feeling of shame. Well, if you have those beliefs, you will miss tons of opportunities, tons of inspirations, tons of ideas, and your life force will be generally drained out by these limiting beliefs. Because it's much harder to maintain a limiting belief and contain the vastness of who you are within this ego-driven kind of thought pattern that wants to constrict you and can play it safe, Right? So if we can start to let go of all this, though, we can start to love ourselves, see the unconditional love of source in our lives at all times. And I'm I'm out for a walk in a lovely evening in this town that seemingly has every street is busy. And I'm walking through a neighborhood and I'm going, how is every street have people driving on? Maybe it's just the time of day. So, I apologize for any background noise that may be distracting. What I'm saying is, besides the apology, is when we start to vibrate self love, start to let go of self judgment, start to let go of judgment of of the people in the world around us, we start to accept who we are, accept our place. You know in this universe which is as a creator we start to accept that the universe wants us to be happy and not suffer then the more we do that the more we vibrate toward abundance and this is what we're gonna talk about what I have noticed in myself it feels like a month since I did a podcast it's only been like four or five days but so much has happened and what I've noticed is anger. I am a particular person who, I don't know why I'm clearing my throat so much. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Me in particular, I've dealt with anger my whole life, a lot of anger issues. And um, it stems a lot from my father, who was a very angry individual, and kind of showed me that. Well, as I was kind of going through this um, over the past weekend, what I noticed is for certain people, and all of us have had this from time to time, some of them are on the far end of the spectrum where it happens every single time they feel a negative emotion, but some of us are on the lighter end of the scale where it might happen very seldom or only when we're really triggered. But what tends to happen is... Anger is a defense mechanism. You're defending yourself by being angry. There is an emotion, a negative emotion, underneath the anger almost every single time. (coughs) Sorry about that. I don't know why. So there's an emotion... There's like a frog in my throat or something. There is a negative emotion Underneath anger almost every single time. Now, underneath extreme anger, like rage, usually, typically it's powerlessness that's underneath the feeling of rage. And we get angry to try to take some of our power back. We think that being angry is better than feeling the negative emotion. And it can be to an extent, but anger is like fire. And very often we see it depicted that way in cartoons and and, uh, you know, all kinds of different depictions because you see someone's face get red. Anger is like fire in that it'll burn you and it'll burn anyone around you if you are super angry. What I want you to understand is anger is uh, there's an emotion underneath anger on top of powerlessness Usually, we're extremely angry when there's also a feeling of powerlessness involved, but it could also be that we feel powerless over our own emotions. Here's what I mean. My father is a great example, who is a um, a narcissist and borderline sociopath. God bless him. And uh, learned a lot from him. And still learning, actually. And what I noticed is... Every negative emotion came out as anger. He was angry because he felt negative emotion. And anyone who triggered that negative emotion within him got the wrath of his anger. But even if his, because, again, there's no emotions in a vacuum, even if his own thought process about... Life or government or religion, which he used to go off on a lot. He's a very religious zealot. Um, When he would get angry, now I could see it's because he didn't know how to process his negative emotions. He didn't know that his soul, his heart, was trying to point out to him that he was believing a false belief. Let's say it like this. Let's just use a simple example. I was having this conversation. Let's just keep it super short. Um, Having this conversation in a small town, and I was saying, "Well, why? You know, I was there was this whole like logistical nightmare happening. I was like, why don't you guys just use Uber? It'd just be way easier. Just have." Your, you know, 15, 16-year-olds use Uber so you don't have to try to pick them up and take them everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And the immediate reaction was, oh, no, we can't do that. That's unsafe. And I'm like, what? So immediately went to fear. And what I was trying to show them that was very difficult because they aren't people that are into this work was, okay, the fear is pointing to false beliefs. Right? You're afraid of a service because why? Oh, because one time, two years ago, a passenger tried to kidnap the female driver. And I was like, so out of the possibly several thousand trips in the past two years in this town, one bad thing happened to a driver driver mind you, not to the passenger, and you're afraid to use Uber now. That's illogical, and that's what the fear is pointing you to. The fear fear is your soul or your heart. I use the soul and heart interchangeably. So your heart is trying to tell you, or your higher mind, the same thing, is trying to tell you that you're believing a false belief, in this case that Uber is unsafe. And I'm not promoting Uber or anything like that. I'm just using it as an example. So, you know, if you want to work on that belief, if you have one, go ahead. But it never even dawned on me that Uber is unsafe because that's just like saying people are unsafe. It's like saying taxi cabs are unsafe, right? You're dealing with strangers every day. So, you know, can you not trust your internal guidance system when you're around a strange person, right? I don't know. Anyway. But anyway, so. That's the that's how fear works. It's pointing you to false beliefs, but what most people end up doing is <clears throat> they try to fix the fear by fixing the outside thing that they're actually afraid of. In this case, I'm never going to use Uber again, which is now debilitating. It's limiting your options on how you use A service but how you enjoy life because you have a false belief and instead of going inside and questioning the false belief which is why the fear is there they try to fix it by saying ah the outside world needs to I need to fix the outside world so I don't feel unsafe anymore No, no 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 you go inside you go inside to find out why you're unsafe by simply asking what do I have to believe about this situation in order to feel this feeling Then the negative beliefs, or the limiting beliefs rather, will show themselves. And then we can work on unraveling them. Bringing the truth to them. Here's another way to look at it. Negative emotion is a lie detector. Negative emotion is your internal lie detector. If you feel a negative emotion about a subject, it's automatically untrue. Now you can break it down further by finding the beliefs that are untrue and going uber is unsafe how does that feel when i believe that ah it feels like the world is, un- world is unsafe it feels like i can't trust people it feels like the universe doesn't have my back and on and on and on those feel terrible when you reverse them and you come at them you turn them around and you say the universe always has my back i'm constantly guided i trust myself i trust my internal guidance system Humans are not unsafe, they just get a little confused, right? Everyone's doing the best they can, and so on and so forth. That feels good. So that right there is how the emotional guidance system works. However, this isn't common knowledge. We're still in the emotional dark ages, as my friend Teal Swan would say, right? So like, what that means is we can't fault people for trying to fix their emotions in the outer world we have to do what's best for us and looking back if we know we're in the dark ages it's only worse when we look back at our parents and grandparents generations i mean we're coming out of the literal dark ages right tons of darkness murder and death right all over the place wars world wars we're coming out of right where people couldn't figure out that hitler had a messed up agenda And no one stood up to this guy, right? Because they were afraid because he used fear and said he used fear because people didn't know. He used fear as to manipulate. Oh, we need to be afraid of this thing. And and by the way, this still happens to this day, right? With propaganda. You need to be afraid of this thing. And the way to fix that thing is to exterminate this type of person, right? If we just go, wait a minute, uh, no. (laughs) No. When we're afraid, that means we have false beliefs. Let's go inside and clean them up and then we're back to good. We're back to align with unconditional love and the love of source. But so when we go backwards and we look at people like my dad, um every negative emotion came out as anger because he didn't want to feel them. Now, now that excuse me, now that you know that every negative emotion is pointing you inside now we can build off of that and say what anger rage and the like are pointed a betrayal is another one is pointed outward not inward where sadness guilt grief you know unworthiness worthlessness um shock even sometimes is all internal they point you inside, right? Depression, shame, they point you inside because you believe there's something wrong with you. Now, my father being a narcissist, his defense mechanism to his own unworthiness was to believe that nothing was ever wrong with him. Sorry, there's this cute cute kitten in the road and he almost got run over (gasps) where are you going little guy hi oh my god he's adorable and you're right in the middle of the road pick a lane buddy come on cute little tabby so um sorry let me pause this really quick while I deal with the cat all right apologies okay Hi. Hopefully you didn't skip a beat. Now, anger is a defense because it points the blame for the emotion outward and makes it so you don't have to go inside and grow from it. So remember this. If you're angry at someone or a situation, you can't grow from it because you're blaming, you're the victim and you're blaming whoever or whatever it is for triggering you. Can you see that? While if you felt shame, for instance, you could sit and go, "Why? what do I have to believe about this situation in order to feel this feeling? Then you could start to unravel the beliefs, come back to harmony or alignment with your highest self, with your heart, with your soul, with Source. But if you're angry at someone or something, like I was very angry my, almost my entire life with my father, with the education system as a whole in our country, um, and with the finance system, the more I dug into it, I still go, oh, there's another cannon! What is happening here? All right, hold on. <laughs> I mean, what do I do with a kitchen? I mean, I, I live in an RV. I travel around. I give it to the SPCA. We you know what happens. It's almost better on the street, which is a scary thought. But anyway, where was I? Now, anger is pointed outward, right? So that means it's a perfect defense mechanism for you never having to grow. So what part of you would be angry? Think about that. What part of you doesn't want to grow and change and evolve, right? The opponent, the ego, the patterns, the belief systems that don't want to be let go of. Source is always in the frequency of evolution. That's its nature to constantly be expanding and growing. So when we're not constantly expanding and growing, which we kind of always are, but I mean through with our belief systems, especially, and we know this, this from not every older person, but a lot of older people kind of get stuck in their ways, right? It's, you know, the, the phrase is you can't teach an old dog new tricks because we don't change can be sometimes difficult, right? We have to go into the unknown. We have to become more of ourselves. So Right there, we, and we have to let things go. We have to let go of our attachments. You know, maybe it's a business that we've had for a long time, like myself. Seven years, I'm letting it go, right? That's difficult, or at least it was difficult when I first had the idea and all the limiting beliefs around it showed up. And so just like letting go of a relationship can be tough if it's not your highest. I'm not saying to do that, but if it's not, if it's not in alignment with growth and evolution... And you're, you know, you're following your heart and it's leading you in a different direction. Then you're going to have to let some things go. By default, things are going to have to be let go all the time. Even our kids have to be let go of to search for their own path, for their own highest, you know, even if it's just going off to college or whatever, you have to let go constantly. And that's very difficult for a lot of people. (laughs) Change can be difficult for a lot of people. And so that's why. And because belief systems by nature want to stay in place, right? This is why we get into mundane, we get into grooves, because the grooves are actually in our minds. When we get into ruts and grooves, that has nothing to do with routine and everything to do with what's going on with our thinking. We're thinking the exact same thoughts based on the same beliefs and perceptions that we were yesterday, okay? So we have to be vigilant That we are aligned with the nature of source, which is evolution. Which is why we want to take our evolution into our own hands, if you will, and kind of aim it, you know, by following our highest excitement. By saying to ourselves, you know, Knowing that I'm going to, ideally, evolve and grow constantly, where would I like and evolve to grow to? You know, my last podcast was all about investing in your passions. Those are the things you want to see grow. You want to see yourself grow in those areas that you want to see grow, right? So we always have to be very aware when it comes to our ruts in our thinking. Right? We have to understand how to identify our patterns, identify our false beliefs, and let them go. And negative emotion is still the best way. Any, We have to become hyper-aware of our emotions. And for some men, you know, I have a lot less male clients than I do female. What you'd think people who want to understand money would be guys... But it's still mostly women because they are willing to admit that they don't know everything. They are willing to admit and let go of how they've always done things. In my experience, and it's of course, I don't know every man and woman on the planet, so it's just in my experience, let me say it that way, in my opinion. So, um, and hopefully that, you know, changes as we change as a society. Um, or, you know, the women lead the way and that's totally cool too. So, uh, anger is an explosion outward as a defense mechanism for growth. So when you feel anger, I want you to experiment with a few things. I want you to stop and think to yourself, repeat these words when you feel anger, upset, Needs space. Upset needs space. For me, if I'm upset or angry or raging, triggered, I need space away from the people I care about. Space away from the situation. Because, again, fire burns you and the people around you. So you're much more likely to blame and Put all of this negative energy, this anger, onto someone else and say things or do things you might regret. Upset needs space. Remember that, okay? Upset needs space. Give yourself space to process what is happening before you react. I know this is gonna take practice. It's gonna take practice for me and please understand that I am working through this too. And it unfortunately came to light after I'd already said some things I regretted. And it was like, oh my goodness, I really need to look at this, right? So this is what I came up with, right? Upset needs space um so let's take a step back step away from the situation next the next thing we have to do when we give ourselves space is realize most likely most of the time we are angry it has to do with attachment we are attached to a result or an outcome That we want to see happen. If you weren't attached. Nothing could anger you. And I'm not saying that that's. Where we're attempting to get to. Because there is no place to really get to. Per se. But it's to understand. That our imagination. Has run into the future. It's run into the future. And then we've clamped down on this imagined future. And we've built expectations around right so like if i imagine or i set a date you know with my soulmate let's say my loved one and we set some kind of a date to go out and have a good time and i've imagined it and then gone that's what we're doing and my mind is clamped down on it now if she runs late from work or you know loses her phone or something or you know something happens that is unexpected i'm upset because i attached to the time that we had set aside right and the way or you've attached to the way you think something should be i guarantee you if you're upset attachment is playing a part of it attachment is playing a part of it where your mind wandered into the future and you clamp what i say clamped down or grabbed onto attached to this is what i want this particular thing to look like and i'm attaching to it and the universe in a loving and maybe even firm way, is trying to unclench and open your hand and say, do not do that. And that's why you're upset. Because if I was grounded and centered in my heart and grateful for this moment, and my sweetheart was like, hey, I, something came up. I'm going to have to stay late at work. Can we reschedule? No problem. Because why the next thing? Everything is happening for me. Everything is happening for you. Right? Everything is, just repeat it, everything is happening for you. You may not be able to see it, but it is. It's happening for your growth, for your evolution. And if you clamp down on something, I guarantee, if you're anything like me, the universe is very, has been very heavy-handed with me lately. In just any time I grab on, it's like, nope, destroy that house of cards you imagined. Stop imagining. If you're gonna clamp down on it, stop imagining. Imagination is only to work things out in your mind without having to work things out in the physical world or to get you to a feeling. And then you let the visualization part go and keep the feeling, right? The feeling is me and my girl are going to have a great time. That's the feeling I want to hold on to. I don't care when it comes. It's going to happen, ideally. And if it never comes, I can still have this feeling. You see? Guarantee there's a part of you that's attached to the way things you think the way things should go. When I when I look at people who argue about politics all day long, I'm like I've never seen a group of people more attached to the way things they think things should be. It's like, "Oh my god. No, you need to do this." It's like why are you so attached to that? It's never been that way before. So why are you so attached to that idea? And how it, that, that attachment is making you suffer. It's making you suffer. Because all of these negative emotions happen when we believe we know better than source, when we fall out of reality and are not connected to the now. We need to stay in the present moment. And not believe that we know what's best then of course there's the powerlessness part that I just spoke to you about but if you honestly give yourself space let the anger dissipate and go what is underneath the anger what am I feeling powerlessness most likely yes but what else? Feel it, be in it. Is it sadness? Is it loss? Is it humiliation? Shock, shame? Pride, maybe? You know, disgust? What is underneath the anger that needs to be dealt with? Right? What is underneath the anger that is trying to point you to false beliefs? That's where we're trying to go. Can you write down and be with the negative emotions underneath it and just say, what do I need to believe about this in order to feel these feelings and just list all the beliefs? And then one at a time, we can go through them. You know, maybe it's Byron Katie's Work or maybe it's, uh, any other, you know, any other modality that you know of to let go of false beliefs. Any other modality. It doesn't have to be that. It's just the one I prefer. Just because it's simple, it's easy, and it's powerful. But there's tons of other ones, you know. You don't have to get hung up on the how. You just got to find the false beliefs and start to work with them, okay? But the most important thing and the reason you're giving yourself space to go inside is you never want to fix what it is that you're angry about. My girl has to work late. Tell your boss to fuck off. You know, that's what I used to say. Don't work outside your... uh, hours like that you know or i used to say all kinds of things but it was because i was trying to fix the problem without going inside don't do that don't make my mistakes and i know this is how we've all been taught to look at the world apologies i know this is how we've all been taught to look at the world is Something out there is bothering me. I need to fix that something so the bothering, the uncomfortable pain goes away, the hurt goes away. That is backwards. This is like learning to walk again. You're going to fall down. You're going to get back up. You're going to keep doing it until you get your balance. When you're triggered, when you're angry, when you feel negative emotion, give yourself space and go inside. Do not try to fix the thing. It never works. It never works. Because the universe will just reflect back to you another situation. Oh, my business partner is the problem. I keep doing the same thing. I get the same business partners. St- dictators, sociopaths, narcissists. Everything has to be their way. Right? And so I think to myself, oh, will just get rid of this. I will fix the problem by getting rid of this business partner. And then lo and behold, what happens? The universe brings me another one. And I go right back into it. Because why I didn't go inside. So the mere reality just kept reflecting back to me what I believed about it. Which is I can't do this alone. And I need a giant ego to navigate this system. That's what I thought about finance anyway. Because there are so many giant egos in finance. Oh my god. Not that I don't have a pretty big ego, but um but yeah, it was <laughs> it is a mind field of ego in the finance world. Anywho, in my experience, in my opinion. Anywho, where was I? So that's how we change reality. That's how we if, for lack of a better term, fix it, by going inside so the mirror has no choice but to reflect back to it what we believe about it. And so, um, this is new. I get it. And it sounds nuts to the average person, I'm sure. Be like, what is going to why would it matter if i go inside and change the beliefs because it changes your perception it changes your perception to everything is happening for me then you can start to learn what you're doing why you're creating because you're the one creating your whole life you are doing it based on your perception i was working with a client just before this call And she has this big vision. A really good one, too. And she's super excited about it and then immediately says, I can't do that. That's too big. I'm not allowed to express myself was the core belief we got under after we got through all that. I'm not allowed to express myself. It's too big. That shut down her momentum, her inspiration. And if you believed that, that's where she would stop but when we remove those beliefs now her perception is of course I can I am an expression of source of course I can express myself nothing is too big I am everything now your perception changes and then what happens now the ideas and the inspirations are allowed to percolate now you're starting to look for opportunities and now you take actions That's the step. You take actions based on these new perceptions. And then the universe reflects back to you something else you need to learn about you. But also reflecting back to you that, yes, you can. And let me help you. It's all for you. All of it. Every single piece of the puzzle is for your evolution and growth. Even the negative part of you, even the... The opponent, which is what I call the eagle. Ego. The eagle? I never noticed, though. Eagle and ego sound so similar. Anyway, the opponent is there to also serve you. Right? Just like having the best sparring partner perfectly matched to you. To make you the better, to make you the best version of yourself. But you cannot believe it or identify with it and let it take over. You cannot let the story of who you are be who you actually are. And make your decisions and hijack your behavior and get angry at the things that trigger you. Thinking that somehow the anger will fix the problem. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. BS, I call no. I call no? I call that that's nonsense. BS. Because that will never fix it long term. That's like saying the louder person in the argument is right. All you'll do is just scream your head off. That's not what changes anything. Anger doesn't change anything it only stops change from happening. Don't you often notice, like if you're ever in an an argument with your significant other or your family, you'll rage, you'll anger, and then after it's all out, and you're finally like, whatever, this is dumb. Like, When you finally get over the anger part where it's everybody else's fault, and you're just like, all right, how can I, How can we actually, let's get to a solution here. Let's actually do something. Like this is a two way street, let's figure it out both ways. When you take responsibility for it, that's when change actually occurs. When you let down your wall of I'm right and I need to be right, what part of you always needs to be right? The part that doesn't want to change. If you're right, you'll never change. I'm not saying to be wrong, but I'm saying, why do you want to be right? Because you don't want to change. Trust me when I say this. I have been face to face with this very difficult, in a very difficult, excruciatingly tormenting way over the past six days. Yeah, five days. What is it today? No, six. Six days. (sighs) Trust me. You have to let go of being the need to be right. You don't need to be right. Your ego needs to be right. Imagine that every time you're wrong you grow. if you knew that you, were, you grew when you were wrong and you wanted growth, if growth was what you actually wanted to expand into the fullest version of you, you would want to be wrong. More often than not. Because when you're wrong, your perception changes if you're willing to accept that you're wrong. And here's the other thing that we need to remember when we're angry is no one intends to hurt each other. Now there are certain people on this earth that I can imagine want to hurt another person, but your spouse or your significant other, your family, they don't want to hurt you. They're not intending to hurt you. Just like if anything I say hurts you or triggers something, it's not my intention to trigger you but if it's triggering i'm okay with that not only because you can't yell at me (laughs) right but because that means something is coming to the surface that needs to come to the surface to be looked at and explored and see what the limiting beliefs are that are causing the negative emotion that are causing the soul to tell you you're believing a lie It's causing your lie detector to activate. So we kind of want that. We kind of want to be triggered, but we don't want to blow up or explode or put anger energy out there on anyone or anything, because again, that stops growth. You're not powerless over your emotions when you understand how to use them. Hey, little guy oh my god both of them are following me i am not adopting you you're you're cute i don't know how it's going to work in an rv i'm sorry i think they're on this block because they're really attached to this block stop following me okay We don't know how to use the emotional guidance system, but if you knew how, you would welcome your emotions, all of them, with open arms. Which is so fascinating because I spent 24 years drinking my negative emotions away, and now here I am going, man, I'm triggered a lot. Why is that? Because there's been a ton of repression happening for the large chunk of my life that's why now it's all and now and now i'm figuring out how to do it and it's all like oh you know how to deal with this here here's another one here here's another one here and trust me when i say i'm like i need a very long nap you know what i mean <laughs> sometimes just want to sleep forever Ah. <sighs> you wake up and we do it all again right but i get it if you're there and you need to reach for a drug or an alcohol to just give yourself a little bit of a reprieve i get it but even if it's one emotion a day that you just you know negative emotion obviously you don't really need to work on the positive ones if you just sat with the negative emotion felt it fully and started to uncover these beliefs Work through them. I promise you, your life will be happier. It's a lot of work. I get it. But what else do we got to do exactly? What's the alternative? We just drink and drug and repress our emotions, escape them all of the time? So... When we're angry, it's almost like we're a child throwing a temper tantrum. That's actually not that far off because when you think about it, if we've been repressing our growth through anger for a long time, then we are like children. Or you could even argue that the inner child is what's screaming at you, hey, come talk to me. You know? But that's what it's like. Have you ever seen a child throw a tantrum? It's just because they don't know how to deal with their emotions. And they're attached to what they want, thinking it's what's the highest and best. Luckily, younger children can let go because its a sh- they're very in the now. There is no tomorrow, there's no yesterday. They're just like, oh, let it go, bam. What was I crying about? There's ice cream. Did we know that? Like, let's move on, right? So... Don't, if you feel yourself throwing a tantrum, it's because you are. Go talk to that inner child. Go see what it's trying to tell you. When we are attached to our perceptions and the, or our belief systems, we are attached to our limitations. And the judgment is what stops us from receiving the gift. This is what was beat into me over the past six days. I kept judging when people were trying to help me. They were trying to give me a gift of love in their own way, the best way they knew how, and I kept judging it. And the judgment of that's not good enough, that's not how I want it, was keeping it away from me. The fastest way out of unconditional love is through judgment. Because if you're judging something, you're saying it has to be different for me to receive it. It has to be different for my conditional love to flow. Right? I said this a lot this past few days. It's not what you're saying, it's the way you're saying it. Like, I was nitpicking, judging, critiquing. I was critiquing the way in which people were talking to me and that blocked my unconditional love and put up a wall to where I couldn't receive. The same with anger. Anger forces you out to blame. Everything blows up out. You blame everyone. You put up a wall. Nothing is wrong with you when you're angry. Right? It's all everybody else. It's the same with judgment. How would you know? I do this a lot because I know psychology, or at least I think I do, which is what it is. I know a lot of psychology stuff, right? I've looked at this stuff from a lot of different angles. And what I notice is my defense mechanism is to point out something that's wrong with you so that I don't have to look at what you're saying to me. It's just a defense mechanism. Judgment is a defense mechanism from you receiving a gift. Someone is trying to give you a loving gift, i.e. the universe itself is trying to help you evolve by keeping reflecting back what you believe about it, and you keep judging it and saying, it's not good enough. I don't want that. Would you rather be right or would you rather grow? And here's what I keep telling everybody, including myself. That you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for anything that came before the awareness. You have to forgive yourself for anything that came before the awareness of what you were doing, before your awareness of your pattern. Right? If for me, I blew up at people that triggered me. I did it a lot. I felt justified in it. You pissed me off, you're going to get that wrath. Even though it's my trigger. It's my baggage, it's my trauma, it's my limiting beliefs to deal with. No one intended to hurt me, but I started to go down the shame spiral of dang, now I'm aware of my pattern and now I'm beating myself up. Don't do that. Remember always, shame doesn't help. Forgive yourself. It wasn't your fault that the pattern was there, right? Because you weren't aware of it. If you were aware of it, you would change it. It's not your fault. But now that you're aware, it's your responsibility to clean it up. It's not your fault, but now it's your responsibility. So forgive yourself and forgive everyone who's ever triggered you. It doesn't mean you can condone certain things. You know, As we unconditionally love, it doesn't mean we condone violence or blowing up at people or yelling and screaming, right? We don't condone it, certain things, certain actions, but it doesn't mean we can't unconditionally love the person and not condone their actions. And keep a boundary up. It says, I will not tolerate those things. But forgive yourself and forgive everyone else. They were giving you their love in the best way they knew how. The universe is giving you love in the best way it knows how. Trying to get you to evolve beyond these limiting beliefs that you've gathered. Finally, just let everyone off the hook. It doesn't make you weak to let people off the hook. You can still put up a boundary and say, I don't condone those actions, but you can let them off the hook energetically. I feel like it is what it is. It happened. You know, for me, my dad, I do not condone any of the things he did, but energetically, it's fine. I let him off the hook. It's totally okay. I don't want him in my life because I know he doesn't change, but at the same time, I don't hold the grudge. He was doing the best he knew how, right? Being stuck in the emotional dark ages. So let him off, let everybody off the hook. You can love without punishment. You can, you don't need to guilt trip everybody, right? Right? Could you even get to a place where you look forward to the mirror reflecting this back to you again? Because now you have the tools to work through this stuff. I don't delight in being triggered, but I'm ready. I'm ready for another one. I know it's coming, so I might as well get used to it. Can we see that kind of unconditional love? Can we see the unconditional love for this universe, this body, this experience and everything it's trying to show us? Can we bring that level of love to even the things that piss us off the most? And go, thank you for showing me this, give me space. Let me process this, let me find the beliefs, let me work through them, let me see if there's any trauma or energy underneath it, where did I pick this stuff up? (sighs) Come back, change your perception, back in harmony with unconditional love and come at it again. It's all unconditional love. We just can't see it. It's on a different frequency, it's on a different consciousness level. That's where we're trying to go. That's what everything's trying to take us to. A higher consciousness. A higher form of love. When we can see perfection in everything. That's when you know that Source has done an ascension with you. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that believes that it's not. And even that is perfect. Can you see the unconditional love in this universe? Doing everything in its power to help you. Everything is there to serve you. Everything. Everything. The darkest of darkness is still there to serve you. That's how powerful this place is. That is what's going on. If we want to, we can use everything to help us quantum leap into another life, into another reality. And yes, money is no different. Everything. I have talked about can be applied to money anytime you're angry at your banker angry at your bank account angry at the finance industry angry at yourself angry at someone who overcharged your account angry at somebody who tried to steal from you anytime you feel that anger do not be a victim give yourself space do this work we'll re-listen to this I promise you, what's on the other side is an entirely new life filled with ease, joy, and bliss. And yes, unconditional love. No matter what you do, know that I unconditionally love you and I am honored to serve in this way. We are different crickets in the same night different stars in the same sky my unconditional love to you good journey my friends